Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beer Sportscast. I'm your host, Perry Morris and today we have a great episode on tap for you guys with week two in the NFL. So, guys, as I've mentioned before, we have been doing this kind of similar thing that I told you guys about all all the way back in really the fantasy football episode where um we do the Patriots game. So this week's this week will be the first week of this format. We're gonna recap the Patriots game from week one. So that will be the twenty to seven loss to the Miami Dolphins. We will then preview the game for week two. So the Patriots taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh at one o'clock. Then we will go through quick picks and do the fantasy football breakouts like I said before. So let's just go through you know how how I did last week. So I went eight and eight picking games, not great. Um, some games I lost Denver, Seattle, Tennessee Giants. I did happen to lose. I also lost San Francisco, Chicago. So a couple of the games where the um, where there was an upset with a big spread, I did lose those games where the underdogs won outright. Um, the Patriots are own one, as we know. My record with picking the Patriots games, um, wins or losses, is one and zero. I had them losing twenty seven to thirteen. In the in terms of fantasy, I for my breakout, I said Juju Smith Schuster. He had fourteen, um, thirteen point seven around fourteen PPR fantasy points. So I'm going to give myself a hit on that one. Um, his projection was 12 points. It's not quite a breakout, but it is a little better than expected. So I'm going to give myself a hit. And then my bust was DJ Moore with 7 points. I'm going to give myself a tie on that one. So we're going to do ties um, with Fantasy if I feel like I would consider, yes, giving myself a win for that one and going 2-0, but I'll give myself a tie. Um, to go one zero and one, so fantasy much better record than the pickums. By the way, guys, um, in the case of the tie with the Colts and the Texans last week, we gave myself, I gave myself a loss there because the Colts didn't win. I know they didn't lose, but they didn't win, so it's a tie. Um, so let's start before we re- before we preview week two. Let's talk about week one, um, and let's start with the Patriots game because I think if you're a Patriots fan this is a lot worse than even I expected. Um a few notable stats from that game if um you feel stats are useful I do. So I'm going to um use a couple. They only ran two personnel groupings. That's tied for fewest in the league with the Carolina Panthers. So we have turned it into the Carolina Panthers offense. Mac Jones, 21 of 30, 213 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Also had a fumble that ended up getting returned for a touchdown. That is a play we will talk about later. Damian Harris, nine rushes for 48 yards. Ramondre Stevenson, eight rushes for 25 yards. Um, And then on the receiving ends of things, Ty Montgomery had the lone receiving touchdown. Also had two other catches. So for a total of three catches, 15 yards. Jacoby Myers, team's leading receiver with four receptions for 55 yards. And Kendrick Bourne, despite playing only two snaps, second leading receiver with one interception for 41 yards. Um, no interceptions, no fumbles on the sheet. 
Um, if you're into punters, Jake Bailey had three punts for 118 yards. All three of those were down within the 20. So, I guess great job, Jake Bailey. Dolphins side of things. Tua, 23 of 33 for 270 yards and a touchdown. Chase, Edmund, Chase Edmonds was their leading rusher with 12 rushes for 25 yards, only a 2.1 average. Tyreek Hill, eight receptions for 94 yards. And then their one-two speed punch with Jalen Well. Four receptions for 69 yards and that touchdown at the end of the first half. We will definitely talk about that later. Javon Holland had the interception of of um, Mac Jones. Excuse me. Brandon Jones was also the one who forced a fumble and Melvin Ingram returned it for a touchdown that really, really hurt the Patriots. So, Let's start with that play coming out of the coming right before the first half, 24 seconds left. Fourth and seven from the Patriots' 42-yard line. Patriots have no timeouts left. This is a situation where if Tom Brady was here, this team never would have gone for it. But let's face it. They don't respect your offense, and how could you with the way that you looked yesterday? It was was a brutal showing, which we'll get to in a little bit, but... Jalen, the first, first, the Dolphins call a timeout. I believe it was the Dolphins. I actually think it might have been the Patriots. The Patriots called the timeout. So not only did they call a timeout, not only did they give up a touchdown, they gave up a touchdown after calling timeout. So they called timeout. They got their defense set. They said, look, whatever you do, just don't allow a touchdown. And sure enough, Jalen, Jalen Wall slant, touchdown, I, I don't remember the last time that this happened. And I think it was brutal from the defense, but I think it was also partly a good play. I mean, Jim Wall was one of the fastest players in the league, and I'm not going to rip the Patriots as much for this play as I am for other plays in this game. I think that if you look at the play, Jawan Bentley and Kyle Duggar were supposed to up inside. Jawan Bentley wasn't in the right spot. Um, but Kyle Duggar just kind of got outrun a little bit there. Jalen Mills did what he was supposed to do. It just it was a foot race between Jalen Waddle and Kyle Duggar, and Waddle won it. So that that play was awful for so many reasons. They jumped out of seventeen nothing. It felt like you could maybe maybe still mount a comeback. Maybe really really maybe. Um, but th- that one was a killer, and I can't remember a Bill Belichick coach team ever having to do that before. But let's let's go to the Patriots offense because it, overall, I think other than not being able to get off the field a couple times and not taking the ball away from Tua, 20 points should be enough to be a team. Period. End of discussion. So I'm not going to rip the defense because I thought the defense was good enough, but... The problem lies with the offense. They scored seven points. That is tied for the second fewest, I believe, in week one across the NFL. Cowboys had three points. Packers also had seven points. And the New York Jets had nine points. And the Los Angeles Rams had ten points. So, really, so tied for the second fewest points. As I mentioned, only two personnel groupings. They, they were rolling on that first drive, though. I really thought they... Maybe these past two weeks they've kind of figured out something. Um, 
play behind these closed door practices felt a little better about some things, but that that Mac Jones interception really, really you could just tell it took the wind out of their sails. And I know people can say, Oh, Xavier Howard, pass interference called Devontae Parker. Yeah, probably could have been called for pass interference. Ball was tipped. Javon Holland made a good play on the ball. Um interception. But You're throwing a deep ball, and I get to Savante Parker, who really that's supposed to be his specialty, right? The jump balls, the 50-50 type balls. Run reception for nine yards, by the way, um, in this game. But but it looked to me like I, I just didn't understand. I, I don't understand if Matt Patricia told Mac Jones to call that. To throw that ball, it was I was very confused because it's Devontae Parker against their number one corner. Even if Devontae Parker is Randy Moss, I don't know if you throw that ball. And that was a little confusing towards me and to me. And you can really tell that that kind of killed them. And it was a good play by Xavier Howard. And Devontae Parker probably could have come back harder to the ball. But honestly, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that was a good decision and that was just a better defensive play. I just didn't understand. They did not look like a functional offense. They could not run the ball. 36% of their run plays on Sunday, 36% went for zero or negative yards. That is awful. So a third of the time that you were running the ball, it was not doing anything for you and potentially losing yards. That is I can't even begin to ex- explain how bad that is. And then you can't... Trent Brown's supposed to block Brandon Jones, who came off Mac Jones's blind side and forced that fumble that Melvin Ingram picked up for the easy scoop and score. It's just... I, I The offensive line just seems like it needs to be coached up a little bit. And really, I don't think Matt Patricia's the guy to do this. It wasn't a very creative game from the offense. It, it just wasn't. And you didn't see a lot of the things, this Shanahan scheme. You weren't seeing a lot of that in this game, which for me was at least encouraging. But it wasn't a very creative offense. Where did some of these screenplays go? And where did the bunch formation with the trips to get a guy open to spring somebody first land? Where did that go? It's just Mac Jones cannot, um, excuse me, Matt Patricia cannot coach offense. Period. End of discussion. Mac Jones was chatting more with Brian Hoyer than his own quarterback coaches, Joe Judge. Matt Patricia needs to go focus on the offensive line and at least try and do something he's better at. And that's not saying much because he's not good at coaching offense. Joe Judge needs to be fired or go to special teams or just do something. Because people forget that in 2019, when he was the wide receivers coach, he screwed that whole thing up so bad that that was part of the reason Brady left. And it wasn't the whole reason, but it was part of it. Matt Patricia's main goal is to be play calling and coaching the offensive line. He can't do either. It's it's actually embarrassing that Matt Patricia, who was, I will admit it, a very good defensive coordinator, is now your offensive coordinator. Like, what happened here? What happened to the Josh McDaniels, Dante Scarnecchia, Ivan Fears, 
Brian Flores, Joe Judge special teams coordinator, um, Gerard Mayo linebacker, Steve Belichick secondary. What happened to that? Now we've got Steve Belichick as your defensive coordinator. I don't even know who the special teams coordinator and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are co-teaming the offensive side of the ball. It, to, to me, it makes no sense. And the scary thing is that it's four years removed from that, from that coaching staff. And it, it's a brain drain. And Bill, Bill just doesn't seem to realize that at this stage in his career, he just turned 70. He wants people that he likes to be, he wants to be surrounded by people that like him, that he likes, that won't give him a trouble, like Ryan Flores, who probably um, was a little too independent for Bill Belichick's tasting, for lack of a better word. Josh McDaniels basically ran the off, he basically, he coached the offense last year. Bill had pretty much nothing to do with the offense. And it wasn't great, but it was so much better than this. Seven points is an embarrassment. Really an embarrassment. You're paying $12.5 million to each of John New Smith and Hunter Henry. They had five receptions for 48 yards. Excuse me, five receptions for 53 yards. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know anymore. This team could be much, much worse than I thought. I said eight and nine in the Patriots preview. I wanted to change that to 7-10, and 10, although I have to stick with 8-9. I want to change that to 7-10 and 10 before the season. Now I want to change it to 5-12, and 12, and that's giving the Patriots a win for Bill. Bill Belichick still deserves at least a win on the coaching scale. But right now, the people that he's surrounding himself with are just not good. And if and if they're getting blown out 17-0 at halftime, he's, he's never going to get to showcase some of that late-game masterclass that has made him such a great coach. Uh, I mean, Bill said in his press conference that it was really two plays, the strict sack and the Jim Wall touchdown. They were down 17-0 at halftime. They weren't closer than really two scores all game. All second half. I mean, and for the love of God, can we st- please play Kendrick Bourne? He's the best receiver on this team talent-wise. He he and Mac Jones have chemistry. Please put him on the field. It's time to stop benching him. Whatever he's done, it it really doesn't deserve this person. You should be benched as Trent Brown, who was responsible for that strict stuff. But that's enough for week one for the Patriots. Um, Due to time, I'm not going to talk about week one at the other games. Pretty good slate. Uh, marked by some upsets by some big teams. Um, As much as I would love to do... Um, week one overreactions. Maybe we'll do week two overreactions um, a little bit later. But let's go into the week two preview for the New England Patriots game. Patriots traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers coming off a 23-20 win in overtime versus the Bengals. That was a wacky game, by the way. I, I, for 10 seconds, I'm just going to talk about it. I mean, Evan McPherson missing a 29-yard chip shot field goal to win the game. Laces out. The laces were not out. Um, Chris Boswell dinged one off the upright. Nuts game. But five turnovers from the Bengals, pick six. Minka Fitzpatrick had a phenomenal day. Um, For some people, this is a meeting of the best two coaches in the league between Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin. I don't think Mike Tomlin is the second best coach in the league. And to be honest, I don't really know if Bill's the best coach in the league right now. Um, I think I give him one more year. 
I, I really do at the unquestioned top. And then I think people can start bringing in Andy Reid and Sean McVay. And if Andy Reid wins another championship, watch out. Watch out. But the Steelers' offense didn't look great. I don't love Mitch Trubisky. Looks scared. That entire team looks scared. That defense is phenomenal. If TJ Watts hurts, that's a big loss. If Najee Harris is out, that's another big loss. Um, so I think the Patriots have a chance this week, I, even with how bad they played. The thing that scares me with this defense is basically everybody on it. I mean, this might be the best defense in the league. Um, if the Bengals could only score 20 points on this team, how many points are we going to score? Can we score negative points? Um, it, it might be that bad. But I'm not really scared of Mr. Biscay. No, I think we can. I think the Patriots can cover Claypool, Deontay, and Pat Frymuth, and I think to an extent they can um, cover a limited Najee Harris. And if he's out, that's a that's a big win for the Patriots. X factor: Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, New England Football Patriots. I think he's the X factor for this game. If he plays, then you can play him, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker. And then bring in Nelson Algalor and four wide receiver sets. That's such a that's a much better lineup of wide receivers than Algalor, Myers, Parker, Lil Jordan Humphrey, who was on the practice squad. Little Jordan Humphrey played more snaps than Kendrick Bourne. And you could send a message to the team when you were good, but now that you're losing, Bill, you you can't do that. You really can't. So my X factor is Kendrick Bourne because I think if he plays, I think the Patriots have chances go up slightly. However, so slightly, they still go up. I like him as a wide receiver. I like him as a player. I think he brings great energy to this team. So I do I do like Kendrick Bourne. Key matchup. Steelers running game versus the Patriots front seven. The key for the Patriots on defense, on defense in this game, is to make Mitch Trubisky beat him. Can he? Will he? Eh, two different questions, right? But the goal is to make him try and beat you and to take away Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, whoever it is in that running game, and to neutralize this offensive line, which is pretty good. They didn't, they weren't great running the football um, last week. I, do, I really, really hope they're not going to be good this week. Patriots front seven actually defended the run much better than they did last year. Maybe that's a sign of some change. Barmore played very well against the run. Um, Matthew Judon helped out a lot against the run as well. Um, actually, check that. Barmore had zero tackles. Um, excuse me. Um, Matthew Judon, I thought, played a decent game. He also had a sack. So, I think they can stop the run. Um, I, I think they're better suited than that. So, if they can stop the run versus whoever it might be, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, um, they do like to run some jet sweeps with um, with um, Chase Claypool. Whoever it may be, um, they've got to stop the run game. But I'm worried about Cam Hayward. He's actually my MVP of this game. Um, the D-tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he had a phenomenal game on Sunday. He was disruptive. He was all over the place. One sack, two tackles. Although we only had one sack, he was much more disruptive. Also worried about Ike's Highsmith. He had three sacks last week against the Bengals. So I'm worried about both of these teams, uh, both of these players. But I do think Cam Hayward's going to be the MVP. 
in a 13-6 Pittsburgh Steelers win. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I'm not scared of Mitch Trubisky, and I'm sure the Steelers aren't scared of this offense. Um, I'm almost positive on that on both counts. I think the Patriots are going to have trouble scoring points. Um, they only scored seven against the Dolphins' defense. I think the Steelers' defense is far and away better, so I think they're going to have trouble scoring. I don't think Bill's going to play Kendrick Bourne. I do think he's an X-Factor, though. I don't think they're going to play him. I think the Steelers will get him for one touchdown. Um, I like their offense a little bit better. I mean, if you were to say the four units of... If you were to take the Steelers defense, Steelers offense, Patriots defense, Patriots offense, and rank them, it'd be Steelers defense, Patriots defense. Right now, Steelers offense, Patriots offense. So... If the best unit's going up against the worst unit like it is here, I don't love it. I think the Steelers, I think Fryermuth catches a touchdown pass. Um, so I think they're going to get in the end zone once. I think Basel's going to make a couple field goals, and I think the Patriots are just going to have to sell for field goals. And I, you know what? I even think they're going to go down 13 nothing. You know what? No, they're not going to go down 13 nothing. They'll go down 10 nothing. Then they'll kick a field goal. Um, then the Steelers will make it ten to that'll make it ten to three. Then the Steelers will kick a field goal before halftime. The Patriots will kick a field goal in the drive coming out of halftime to make it thirteen six. No team will score the rest of the way. Steelers thirteen six. Um, I I feel pretty confident in that I really do. I feel confident in saying the Steelers are going to win this game. I also feel confident in saying the Patriots are going to go on for to start the year. Um, let's let's go into the fantasy players. Breakout, I've Hunter Renfro. He's facing the Arizona Cardinals. You saw what type of game Juju Smith-Schuster had last week. Um, Mahomes was having a great game. I think I think the Raiders are going to be able to bounce back. I really like Hunter Renfro in this game. I would start him in all your lives. Do you that porous, porous Arizona Cardinals secondary. Bust, CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver Dallas Cowboys going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, which isn't a brutal matchup. It's just not great. And for a guy that you drafted in the second round, who you're probably expecting to get 16 PPR points from this week, I think he's going to get closer to eight. And for him, I would characterize that as a bust, and that would be a win in my column. But no Dak Prescott's going to be Cooper Rush, so I think the Bengals are going to try and make him beat you. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to try and run the football. And then I think when Cooper Rush does drop back to throw the ball, I think the passes are going to be going out of the way of CD Lamb because I think he's going to be double covered most of the afternoon because let's face it, the Bengals aren't scared of Jalen Tolbert and whoever it might be, Michael Gallup or another um, rookie. I really actually don't know who they started um, last week. I mean, Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, I guess. CD Lamb only had 4.9 PPR points last week. I think he's going to have another bust and make fantasy um, owners regret that they drafted him. Let's go in new quick picks. Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a great Thursday night game. I know I'm releasing this on noon on Thursday. So um, you guys might not get a chance. That's why I don't like talking about the Thursday night games. As I mentioned before, if the Patriots do play on Thursday night, the game, the podcast episode will come out on Tuesday of that week. On Tuesday of that week. Um, but I have the Chiefs win, being the Chargers in what I think is going to be a really, really fun game to watch. 
Uh, Patriots, Steelers, I already told you. Steelers, 13-6. MVP, Cam Hayward. X-Factor, Kendrick Bourne. Key matchup, Pittsburgh running game versus the Patriots front seven. But the Steelers will win this one, 13-6. Carolina Giants, I was actually very disappointed with Carolina. I thought they would come out and, quite frankly, um, beat up on the Browns. They didn't. Um, and that was pleasantly surprised by the Giants, who I had the Titans in my knockout pool, so that did hurt a little bit. Um, and now the Titans are in serious risk. Um, we'll get into them later. But I actually think the Giants are going to win this one. They did give Christian McCaffrey enough touches. Matt Rule didn't give him enough touches. And I get that they're trying to preserve him, but how much time do they really have? Giants have the easiest schedule. They could, could, and I say this with absolute caution, they could be in wildcard contention based on how bad this NFC could be. But I have the Giants winning this one beyond another big game from Saquon Barkley. Cleveland going to the Jets. Cleveland um, got out of their lucky 58-yard field goal from Katie York to beat the Panthers. Um, Jets looked awful in a 24-9 loss to the Ravens. Until they have Zach Wilson back, they really don't have a chance. I think it's sooner than later they start. Mike White in Zach Wilson's absence. Um, Jets are still at least a year away. I have Cleveland in this one. Colts, Jacksonville. Again, this Colts team cannot win opening day games. Um, Tied the Houston Texans after being down 23. Rodrigo Blankenship missed a 42-yard field goal in overtime. That would have given them the win. Very, very disappointing tie. Excuse me. Felt like a loss. Tie from the Indianapolis Colts. On the other hand, Jacksonville Jaguars lost this game. They were up, I believe, 22-14 late in the fourth quarter, and they allowed Carson Wentz to throw two touchdown passes there um, to beat them. I had Jacksonville last week. I'm going Indy this week. I think they recover nicely and win by two scores against the Jaguars. Miami to Baltimore. We already mentioned Miami. They look decent. Decent, not great. Um, this week going up against the New England Patriots, they looked better than I think they did. Um, I think Mike McDaniel didn't do a lot of stuff. Um, and I think his decision to not run the football when they were up big and try and throw it with Tua could have really, really hurt Miles Bryant. Of course, it was Miles Bryant who needs to be benched, by the way. Um, dropped an interception that Devin McCourty would have no doubtly caught. But Baltimore looked really good. Lamar Jackson, three touchdown passes passes not total touchdowns um Lamar Jackson also only rushed six times so something that bears monitoring for the rest of this season is does he not run the ball as often due to um concerns about his new contract so I would be wary of that but I do have the Ravens winning this one Tampa Bay New Orleans Tampa Bay looked like Tampa Bay won 19-3 against the Dallas Cowboys um not a very fun, fun game to watch, I guess, would be the right um, words. I didn't watch a ton of it because, to be honest, I really lost interest in it. Um, I think that the Bucks have a trouble with the Saints, and I think the Saints barely eked out a win against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so I do have the Saints being the Bucks this week. I, I just don't love the Bucks this year, and I do, I'm very high on the Saints. Um, and I think uh, Mike Evans won't go off this week, and I think the Chris Godwin injury does hurt the Bucks this week. So I have Saints in one of my upset picks for this week. 
Commanders going to Detroit. Commanders somehow won. Um, Carson Wentz somehow looked decent. Detroit can't play defense um, ever. Um, they almost came back against Philly. Almost, almost ended up losing by three. I've Detroit this one. Um, I don't know if this is really upset. I haven't seen the spread for this game. Um, I think it probably will be. But I do have Detroit winning this one at home. Seattle, San Francisco. Seattle, Geno Smith, not that bad. I I think I've been on record before saying that. I think he's a little underrated. I don't think he's as bad as people think he is. That was a great win against Denver and what was certainly an emotional game. Trey Lance looked awful with the Niners. And why are they keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster? That can't be good for speculation. That, that, that could really wreck this season and wreck Trey Lance this year. Um... Even with all that said, I have the Niners by um, 10 points. I think I, I think they're too talented a team to lose two straight weeks. Atlanta Falcons traveling to Los Angeles to take on the defending Super Bowl champions, the Rams. Rams look brutal on Thursday night playing against the Bills. Um, Falcons look less brutal, almost being the Saints, but of course in Falcons, in Falcons um, manner, they choked that game away. I have the Rams. In this one, I think they'll bounce back nicely after 10 days. Um, Realize that kind of, okay, you know, season starts now. They got to get back into it. I have the Rams. Cardinals going to Las Vegas. Vegas suffered a tough loss to the Chargers. Cardinals looked downright horrendous. Um, going up against the Chiefs, still not as bad as the Patriots, though. I have the Raiders winning this one, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I really like the Raiders this year. Um, I still think they're going to miss the playoffs just do that division. Um, but with the Broncos' loss, I mean, maybe they, maybe they can make a run here. Um, but I don't, I don't love Arizona this year, and I think the Raiders' defense will play a little bit better behind Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. I have the Raiders in this one. Texans traveling to Denver. I picked Denver in another knockout pool. They also lost. They just couldn't punch the ball in. I think they'll punch the ball in a lot more times this week going up against Houston. Houston got a good tie for them. Good tie against the Colts. They probably should have held on for the win, but then we're fortunate when Rodrigo Blankenship missed his kick to win. I have Denver in a blow in this one. Cowboys, Bengals. Um, Cowboys have to start Cooper Rush. As I said, I don't love CeeDee Lamb this week. I don't really love anything for the Cowboys until Dak comes back. Bengals, on the other hand, they also lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jer Burrow's not going to have four turnovers or five turnovers by himself again and almost a sixth. I believe he had five himself or four himself. They have five total. I know that. Um, I have since seen this one in two scores. I think they will be able to beat the Cowboys. Bears-Packers. Packers looked awful, downright awful against the Minnesota Vikings, who actually looked pretty good, uh, but they've got their... Um, little brother, the Chicago Bears, who shockingly beat the Niners um, and Trey Lance. They needed awful conditions to do it, but a win is a win is a win. I've remained the blowout. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to lose to Chicago. Titans traveling to Buffalo. Buffalo's a wagon this year. Titans didn't look good. The Titans are in serious danger of falling out of the AFC South playoff race before it even starts. I have Buffalo in what I think is actually going to end up being a blowout, even though the Titans always play them tough on the early Monday night football game. And then the late Monday night football game with the Vikings traveling, you take on the Eagles. Both of these teams look good behind their alpha wide receivers, um, Justin Jefferson 
and AJ Brown. I do have a feeling this one. I think this is going to be a great game, though, and I cannot wait to watch this one in the late Monday night window. I do have Philly in a close one, though. But that will do it for me today, guys. As always, thank you for listening. Visit www.fromballparks2buzzerbeers.com. Our Instagram is there. Our Twitter is there. Our email is there. Guys, email us, please. Any positive or negative feedback. Um, maybe you're disappointed in my pick I know I am. Maybe you have other ideas. Maybe you want to talk about the Patriots a little bit. Um, even if it's just for a conversation over email or DM, please, please reach out. Um, even if you want to get on the show, I'm sure we could potentially figure something out. But guys, that will do it for me today. As always, thank you for listening. I'm Perry Mortino signing out with the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beer Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody.